We're in Luke chapter 13. This will be our last lesson in this chapter. Been been here quite a quite a time. Today our, our lesson is uh, focused on the last uh, five verses, there verse 31 through 35, as the, the Lord cries out, Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem. <clears throat> and, but we had a, we kind of ran out of time last time on the straight gate and I had a few more things I wanted to <clears throat> conclude with there and, and that are kind of segues into our lesson today so <clears throat> I'd like to read uh, from verse uh, 22 on through uh, the end of the chapter here in verse 35 so we'll do that to start with <clears throat> Luke 13:22. and he as Jesus went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem boy's face was always set like a flint to go to Jerusalem that's a key part of our our focus today that he was always journeying toward Jerusalem he went there a lot of times but he's getting close to the final time that he would go there and and he was journeying there for the redemption of his people <clears throat> in verse 23 then said one unto him Lord are there few that be saved and he said unto them Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut to the door, and you begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. And then shall you begin to say, Well, we've eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know not whence you are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first and there are first which shall be last. And I think that, that has direct bearing on uh, the nation of Israel. They, they started out kind of in the number one position, and now they've kind of moved to the hindy part, and the Gentiles are moving up to the front part that weren't even really considered before uh, to any degree. <clears throat> so in uh, verse 31, the same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go you and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets, and stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time come when ye shall say, 
Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> you know, practically every word of all this is taken just from the Old Testament. And uh, <laughs> he's not telling them anything new. He's just telling them the same thing that those prophets that they killed and stoned told them from the beginning of time. And, and, <clears throat> and uh, one of the, <clears throat> one of the things that just uh, strikes me more and more as we go th through the the text that we've been studying <clears throat> is uh, and here in the next uh, know, the, from here from the next chapter on <clears throat> there's like eight or nine more parables that the Lord utters and and he's always telling them things about what's the kingdom and and <clears throat> salvation and what and a lot of the things he tells them has a direct practical bearing on what's going on uh, if you recall back to our lesson in <clears throat> in launch out in the deep where he told the, the them to launch out into the deep and cast your nets and get ready for a haul well in a physical sense they did get a big haul they got a great big haul of fish but the spiritual aspect of that was launch out into the deep of Christ and explore the deeper things of him and and there's a bounty there beyond measure that that you can't even begin to comprehend. And as we go through the scriptures and see the the words that he says, we find that application is almost always true in every case where he tells them something that, that has a direct physical bearing and application at the time that he's speaking. But it has so much more. It has so much more spiritual message there that's deeper and and such a comfort to the Lord's people and and <clears throat> to some it's uh, not much of a comfort <laughs> as it turn, turns out but uh, not believing they don't hear it but <clears throat> but uh, so as we go through here some things that we should kind of note in context of this block that we're in that again he was always moving toward Jerusalem even though he kind of came in and went out and and uh, he was getting closer and closer to the actual uh, last time that he would go and finally complete the the sacrifice for the the Lord's people, <clears throat> and where he would die for the sins of those people and be buried again and uh, and rise again the third day. And and quite a bit of this section is focused on those who were not believers. And he just tells them plain out, and and he's and he's fairly blunt about that through all the scriptures. He would tell them, "Well, you believe not because you're not of my sheep." <laughs> That's pretty blunt. And my sheep hear my voice. You don't hear my voice because you're not my sheep. <clears throat> not the other, not not the other way around, as sometimes is is uh, formulated. But uh, <clears throat> but. You know, again, we're 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 focused on those who are not believers, and and part of this has to do with the nation of Israel as a whole, uh, not individuals, because we know that there were individuals that he redeemed out of this very time block. You know, we have Saul of Tarsus, we have Nicodemus, we have, and we'll run into another name today that's familiar with all of you, <clears throat> but uh, by and large, the nation of Israel just rejected him wholesale and uh, so <clears throat> uh, they were those who 
who trusted to themselves, they trusted to their own righteousness, they trusted to their parental lineage, the keeping of the law. And <clears throat> maybe it would be good for us just to pay attention to the reply of the Lord to those folks here that we read there in chapter uh, 13, verse uh, 22 <clears throat> through 30. Uh, there was each one here made appeals <clears throat> to the Lord for entrance that were not based on entering in by the straight gate <clears throat> by the righteousness of Christ alone <clears throat> to those that were knocking at the door after it was shut he said I know not I know you not that's a personal a personal knowing uh, you know the the Bible speaks quite a bit about the Lord foreknowing and knowing his people and it's an intimate knowledge it's a it's a knowledge that's just not well <clears throat> I knew some of the people that were here yesterday for that service <laughs> but an intimate knowledge is the Lord knows you he knows how many hairs are on your head he knows he's had an eternal love from you from before the foundation of the world it's an intimate knowledge of uh, based in eternal electing love <clears throat> not just a physical well I know I know that person by sight or I know their name but I don't know much about them <clears throat> so it's a it's really a, a comprehensive word there that we talk about knowing and <clears throat> he says I know you not whence you are and whence you are kind of gives us the sense of where you're coming from who you are what you are uh, it's not just where you're at right now but your whole position of where you're coming from is not based on the righteousness of Christ <clears throat> your whole position is based on your yourself and your self-righteousness <clears throat> I know not whence you are that's from verse 25 there and to those who who claimed a sort of loose association with him because uh, you know we, we ate and drank with you we we were part of that 5,000 that you fed there and and uh, you know maybe in now in modern terms well I had communion we've eaten and drunk with you and you taught in our streets we listened to you teach but we didn't pay much attention to it because we we, we didn't have ears to hear or eyes to see <laughs> but we we listened and we were there <clears throat> and he says I tell you I know you not whence you are depart from me you workers of iniquity so he, he, he not only tells them to I know you not but he, he adds a further a further sentence to it that says depart from me you workers of iniquity it just piles it on and uh, what an awful thing to have to hear <laughs> after the door is shut too. Uh, and he said, many, there will be many who seek to enter. And we looked at that word that meant it, it had a kind of a religious affiliation to it. There was a Hebrewism through about worship services. And <clears throat> so they, there will be many that try to enter in based on some religious ceremonial formalism or services that they attend or things they've done in ordinances or whatnot. So, but the Lord says, you, you know, 
you worship me with your lips, but your hearts are just far from me. It doesn't count. <clears throat> and uh, and to those that try to come in by family lineage, he says, you know what? You're going to be there and you're going to see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom and you yourself thrust out. <laughs> That's e That word means ejected. <laughs> ejected. It's a it's a pretty strong term, and uh, and it's it's just not uh, not not in it for them to have a, a additional opportunities there because <clears throat> the door has been shut too. He said, <clears throat> and so I just wanted to kind of go through that because uh, he calls them workers of iniquity. He says, "I know you not from which you are." And that same day, we go into verse 31 here, uh, the next uh, block of scripture that we're looking at, verse 31 through 35. That same day, there came <clears throat> certain of the Pharisees. And, and you can fill in the blanks there of all the things that above <laughs> that applied to them. Uh, certain of the Pharisees came saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And you know we have we have a record of a couple of Pharisees that came to him and that were uh, uh, redeemed, uh, Nicodemus, and we have Saul of Tarsus. Those are a couple that we have record of. <clears throat> but by and large, the Pharisees were not his pals, and uh, they were not sympathetic or friendly to Christ. And you know, back in verse 28, it says, <clears throat> There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourself thrust out. So these Pharisees that counted on their lineage through Abraham, they counted on keeping the law. And he says, <clears throat> You're probably going to be thrust out. And the, he said, There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, gnashing of teeth is a, it's like an uh, an outflow of anger. It's it's a, it's just a picture of, of anger. They're angry with it. When they're in that position, <clears throat> they are not going to say, "We're sorry. <laughs> We're sorry we messed up. We're sorry we rejected you. We're sorry we didn't believe you. We're sorry." We're sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. It's, I hate you. I hated you then. I hate you worse now. Isn't that an awful picture? You know, in, in Acts, the seventh chapter, when Stephen was preaching to them, in Acts 7, if you want to turn to your Bible there to Acts seven fifty one, we'll read uh, several verses there from Acts. <clears throat> he, he said, you stiff-necked, and uncircumcised in heart and ears in verse 751 <clears throat> they had that fleshly covering over their eyes and ears that depended on flesh and depended on their own selves and they wouldn't they couldn't hear or see uh, because they were so tied up in their their own uh, selves <clears throat> he says you do always resist the holy ghost as your fathers did so do you 
And he, he reflected back about the whole history of the nation of Israel back to square one. And, that, and without grace, that's where they were. You're stiff-necked and, and resisting. <laughs> they, and they always did that. And you don't have to read very many pages of the Old Testament anywhere you put your finger. And you'll find that very fact that, that aside from grace, they rejected him every single time. <clears throat> and even the ones that had grace were in that boat before Abraham. He was uh, from an idolatrous nation before the Lord uh, came to him and took him out of there. <clears throat> so we find it all the way back. And uh, he said, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before the coming of the just one. The ones that, the ones all through time that came and preached the gospel, that brought the someone's coming. They've slain him, which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom you have been now the betrayers and the murderers of. You're, you're the very ones that, uh, that arrested him and took him over. <clears throat> Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it, even though they said, whatever thou sayest, we will do. They, then they turned around and not did it. <laughs> and when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. <laughs> And you all know what happened to him. They did, and then they got done with gnashing on him. They took him out and stoned him. And when they say stone him, they're talking about rocks big enough to do damage. My brother and me, when we were kids, we stoned each other all the time. <laughs> little little non-injurious type stones. But these were, I'm talking rocks big enough to kill and break bones and cause fatality and and that's what they did with him they took him out and stoned him and that was their that was their prescribed execution method was stoning in in biblical times there in the Jews and 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 that's what they did with the prophets that were they arrested in in the, the my Commentary said that uh, if there were any prophets that were arrested, <clears throat> they were brought before the Sanhedrin in Jerusalem. The big <clears throat> every every little town that had a synagogue had a little Sanhedrin of elders, and there were like twelve or twenty in them. And then in Jerusalem, they had the big Sanhedrin. It was like seventy or seventy-one, I think it was. <clears throat> and they would bring them for trial before them, and if they found them guilty of something they would execute them uh, by stoning there and, and <clears throat> so they heard these things they heard these truths about themselves and they were not sorry not sorry for rejecting Christ and not sorry for being party to his execution angry to the end that they really couldn't enter in some other way angry at Christ for not respecting their works isn't that isn't that what we find? You know, in Genesis, we, we mentioned this in our last lesson, I think Genesis chapter 4, Cain brought an offering of the cursed ground. <laughs> I just thought, I just hadn't really paid much attention to that 
facet of it before. It just he brought an offering of the ground, and it was not a, a lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. But you know, you, you go back and see the, when the Lord said, "Cursed is the ground for thy sake," and then you bring him an offering of that that seemed to say, "Look what I brought out of the curse. I uh, look what I've been I've been able to overcome the curse and bring you all these nice melons and leeks and." Potatoes and whatever else he brought. I don't know what all he brought, but he brought an offering out of the ground. It could have been some grain or something too. But the Lord had not respect for that. And he had not respect for the offering that these ones that worshipped him with his their mouths, but not their hearts. And uh, he says, why are thou wroth? That means angry to the gnashing of teeth. And he was so angry that he took it out on his brother and, and killed him. Uh, that's the level of anger that people have uh, over this this situation. So when the Pharisees, they come to Jesus that same day after he said these things, and they they come to him with, uh, some commentators said, well, maybe it was some of those Pharisees like Nicodemus or somebody that was sympathetic to him. But overall... If you read 99% of the time it mentions Pharisees, it's woe to you Pharisees. <laughs> so we're just going to go with the odds here and say that these were not his friends. And they come to him saying, we have secret information. Herod's going to try and kill you. And really what they wanted was him to go away. <laughs> they want him to go away and be somebody else's problem because every time we read about him, there's multitudes are going after him and it's just destroying their their base and and they said Herod seeks to kill you <clears throat> and you know he's not fooled people people are funny about that they always think well I can fool God I can fool the Lord I can pull the wool over his eyes <laughs> but he's not ever not ever fooled and you know he answers and he directs it to Herod he says, go you and tell that old fox. So he knew that they came from Herod. He knew that Herod had said, hey, why don't you go talk to that Jesus guy and tell him that I'm going to kill him if he hangs around here very much longer and and <clears throat> maybe he'll go back to some other place. <laughs> out of my province, out of my... You know, Herod was a tetrarch. He was a, when his father died, that that province was divided into four. The tetra, that's what the tetra part means. And he was a ruler over a fourth part of that province. And he had uh, Galilee and that that area that extended over that way. <clears throat> you, if you recall back in uh, when Jesus brought before Pilate, he found out he was a Galilean. He says, oh, I'll have him go talk to Herod because he's from his jurisdiction. And, and, uh, but he didn't, Herod didn't really have any power in the area of Jerusalem. So that, that comes into play here. It, you know, he didn't say to these Pharisees, well, thanks for the warning. I'll keep that in mind. I'll be extra careful or I'll, maybe I'll go down to some other place and preach. He said, you go tell Herod, I'm just going to continue on 
with my work. I must be about my father's business. I must be about preaching the gospel, healing the sick, all those things that, remember from Luke 4, go tell John that the deaf are made to hear, the blind are given sight, the lame walk, the lepers are healed, the gospel is preached to the poor, all this is fulfilled in your ear this day. And uh, <clears throat> So, he says, I'm not going to quit doing what I'm doing just because you threaten me. <laughs> he's thou, he's, he knew Herod could have no power over him at all unless it were given to him, and it was not given to him. And you go tell Herod that that old fox, that old scoundrel, that old sly devil. <clears throat> he didn't have friendly thoughts toward Herod, and Herod had his his prophet killed, John the Baptist, because he didn't like what he said about sin and and his part of it. So, so he knew. These Pharisees, and from where their seeming errand came, and their pretended concern for his safety, and they really just were trying to get him out of the country. And and you know, if if they were really concerned and and it was legitimate what they were doing, they would probably be a little worried about leaking. Well, if Herod's planning to kill you, and we tell you about it ahead of time, and you leave, and he doesn't get to do it, then we're probably if he finds out <laughs> so that's not likely <laughs> not likely they would do that but but again you know the answer of Christ is always deeper than could be comprehended by these Pharisees and he says <clears throat> go tell that old fox behold I cast out devils and I do cures today and tomorrow and the third day I shall be perfected and you know it's recorded in, in another place in the Gospels that Herod, he was anxious to kind of see some of these miracles that Jesus did. But he he didn't really want to look at it from a, I should believe that. But but he wanted to he wanted to see the magic part of it. But he was violently opposed to hearing the gospel. He was like those people. They got fed at the lake, the five thousand, and when he when he uttered a, a truth about sovereignty to them, they left. They said, "This is a hard saying. Who who can hear it?" And we and they walked no more with him. <clears throat> so uh, he didn't want to really hear anything regarding the need to enter the straight gate by the righteousness of Christ, <clears throat> and. He had treated John harshly for the similar thing, and and uh, and here it, uh, it doesn't really seem to be. He says, uh, "I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected." And and it, it doesn't really seem to be a chronology of he's only got three days left to live because it, there's more going on here that's recorded in Luke that involves more than three days and. So I think it's more of a, a a picture of what he's up to, and the and the fact that no man is going to thwart him, no Herod or not any man is going to thwart him from his accomplished mission, and 
perfected gives us a means the the fact of complete, accomplished, finished, consecrated, fulfilled, and and yet we find there are many things that he must do here before his his entrance into Jerusalem as king, and in Luke 19. You know, turn over to Luke chapter 19. We'll just read a few verses there about someone with whom you're all familiar, I'm sure. In Luke 19, 1, uh, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. And he could not for the press because he was little of stature. And and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, he knew his name, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. In our our pastors the other day was mentioning the Samaritan at the well. I must needs go through Samaria. I have a sheep over there that I have an appointment with. Remember with Matthew, Levi, he went out of his way to go over to that little tax booth and and call him, Levi, follow me. And, uh, and we find that again and again and again in the scriptures. I must, I must. We had, in fact, we had a, a series of those in the one lesson that we had on the Son of Man must, all the things he must do before he uh, re- finished the redemption of his people and including the redemption of his people. <clears throat> so I must abide, Zacchaeus, I must abide at thy house. And, you know, another key point here is that Jesus knew where he would die and how, and no threat of Herod was valid because Herod didn't have any any jurisdiction in Jerusalem. And it, it was foreordained that Christ would die there and, and suffer the wrath of God and lay down his life for the sheep there. And, and, and you can find all those references in the Old Testament. Sometimes it's called Zion. Sometimes it's called the city of David. Sometimes it's called Jerusalem. It all point to where he would... The, he would go and save his people from their sins. And and <clears throat> so he said, nevertheless, verse 33, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following. So it's just kind of a picture more of a, I'm going to keep doing what I have to do until my appointed time. Uh, how many times did he say they, they tried to arrest him or kill him? And he said, but his time was not yet. And, and he passed through their midst and, uh, so he looks at Jerusalem and says Jerusalem, Jerusalem which killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent to thee how oft would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings and you would not how often had he extended his arm to them and, and yet they they refused and uh, you don't have to go very far in the Old Testament to find uh, reference after reference after reference. I have a couple, three written down here, but uh, <clears throat> you know, in, he talks about Jerusalem that 
stonest the prophets and killeth them that are sent unto you. Well, in their minds, in their hearts, that's what they wanted to do with him. That in John chapter 10, verse 31, after, I just love that chapter because he talks about his sheep and, and how they, they know him and he knows them and he leads them in, in the part about the door that we covered in the straight gate last time. Well, down in verse 31, the Jews took up stones again to stone him. <laughs> so again, kind of intimates that uh, that was not the first time. <laughs> they took up stones again to stone him. And so the history of the Jews as a nation, and, and not, particular, not particular individual, but as a nation of people, it was their history was rejection of the Lord. And we read about that in, in Isaiah 53. He was rejected. Uh, <clears throat> came unto his own and his own received him not uh, the scriptures say <clears throat> rejection of the righteous, righteousness that came only by him and not of works or of lineage or keeping the law or any of those any of those things that represent all the things that we do for Adam it was sowing fig leaves and hiding and <laughs> denying and lying <laughs> all those things that he did. <clears throat> uh, I, I put down a couple of Old Testament examples here that is just rep, kind of representative, but we'll read uh, three of them. And, and <clears throat> I'm just going to read uh, one verse from each place there. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 29, said, And testifies against them that thou might bring them again to thy law, yet they dealt proudly, and hearken not unto thy commandments, but sinned against thy judgments, which if a man do, he shall live with them. Remember, if a man tries to live by keeping the law, he has to keep all of them from day one, from the minute he enters the world till the time he dies, he has to keep all the law. If a man do, he shall live in them. <coughs> but... <coughs> They withdrew the shoulder and hardened their neck and would not hear. Just like they just shrugged away from the gospel. They just shrugged away from anything but their own righteousness. They just shrugged away and they, they pulled the shoulder back and hardened their neck like something, like something was going to be hard against them. And so they're tensing up and bracing for it. And and would not hear. We don't want to hear that. They stopped up their ears, and one scripture says. They, they didn't want to hear. Sometimes I do that. Somebody starts telling me something I don't want to hear, and I just go, la, la, la. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Psalm eighty-one, eleven. My people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. In spite of everything he did for them, in spite of all the evidence they had and all the things, they would none of me. Isaiah thirty fifteen, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest shall ye be saved. How oft would I have gathered you? And you would not. In returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And ye would not. He would not. So we come to the conclusion of that for the nation of Israel as a whole. 
is, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And verily I say unto you, You shall not see me until the time come when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That's a, a quote from Jeremiah 22.5 and Psalm 118.26. Again, that's, I was mentioned at the beginning of the lesson that this whole lesson virtually comes all from, every word comes from the Old Testament. <clears throat> so the result of the national rejection of Christ is behold your house is left unto you desolate I looked up that word desolate in my concordance in my Bible program and it's just astounding the number of times that, that it's prophesied that they would be desolate because of their rejection of God desolate 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 and many times it resulted in their being captured by this nation or that nation or maltreated in various ways and yet the answer was never we're sorry <laughs> we're sorry forgive us it was always you would not and except for grace a few uh, a few found grace in the eyes of the Lord so in uh, Jeremiah chapter 22 we'll, let's, we'll read that one because that was a good example of your house is left to you desolate in Jeremiah chapter 22 uh, uh, verse 1 thus saith the Lord go down to the house of the king of Judah and speak there this word go down there and give him the gospel and say, Hear the word of the Lord, O king of Judah, that sitteth on the throne of David. Thou and thy servants and thy people that enter in by these gates. Thus saith the Lord, Execute you judgment and righteousness. Judgment in judging that righteousness comes by Christ only. Not by your works and all your idol worship and all the things that you've fallen into. <clears throat> execute judgment and righteousness and deliver the spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor and do no wrong and do no violence to the stranger the fatherless nor the widow neither shed innocent blood in this place for if you do this thing indeed then shall there enter in by the gates of this house kings sitting upon the throne of David riding in chariots and on horses he and his servants and his people but if you will not hearken to these words, verse 5, I swear by myself, saith the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. And that is a, that's a harsh word, that desolation. It just means a waste, a ruin, a useless thing. In Psalm 118, in our, uh, I was interested this uh, very verse our pastor used here just the other day you know, he used a different part of it but in Psalm 118 verse uh, 22 through 26 the stone which the builders refused has become the head of the corner headstone of the corner this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes this is the day which the Lord hath made and we will rejoice and be glad in it save now I beseech thee O Lord 
O Lord, I beseech ye, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. So those two uh, verses from Jeremiah and Psalm 118 uh, that the Lord quotes to them and tells them, you know, your house is just, the nation is going to be a desolation. <clears throat> and <clears throat> and he, he, he elaborates that uh, in the coming chapters. We see him elaborating on that in and he, and he starts giving specific details about what's going to happen. The, the Jerusalem is going to be sacked and, and uh, the people are going to be besieged and, and the temple is going to be torn down. And he says, there is not going to be one stone left upon another. And, uh, and we find that all came to pass there in 70 AD when the Romans uh, besieged Jerusalem and and uh, there was like three million Jews in there for Passover and the carnage was just rife so it was awful awful grace is the only answer grace grace is the only thing that gets you past that that self business so <clears throat> that's the end of our lesson end of chapter 13 I'll be gone next week so uh when we come back, we'll, Lord willing, we'll pick up in chapter 14. In the meantime, my friends, be free.